3: I, I would like to point out that I, am, in fact, am not a lizard person.
4: What's this? That's a replica of the temple of Herod, the one that Christ worshipped in. But today's temple is defiled by the worst sacrilege that could possibly befall Israel.
5: Really? What happened?
4: The computer, Kathy. The computer has been the most innovative and time-saving device known to man. Paid bills, made travel reservations, cooked meals. It's the new golden calf, a computer that speaks and convinces people that it thinks. Hundreds of millions of people will worship that inanimate object, and it's in the temple. My friends and loyal subjects, for the last four years, we have worked together to overcome the greatest physical hardships the world has ever known. World war, drought, famine, pestilence, fire, earthquakes, and volcanoes of unprecedented violence. But we have prevailed thanks to our fantastic computer technology and the intervention of his satanic majesty. Where, dear friend, was the loving God of creation during our recent perils? Was he helping mankind, the children of his creation? No. On the contrary, It is he who has visited these disasters upon us, and to you, God, God of wrath and destruction to mankind, I say, do your worst, but we will prevail.
2: welcome to Conspiranormal normal everybody it's been a couple of weeks uh, we had our show with dr Mike heiser a couple of weeks ago got a, quite a few downloads on that but uh, to go ahead and uh, we gonna go ahead and bring on the guests because I am running solo today there's no Luke and no Rob and you just get me today but you guys do get both Gon Samora and Basil from Canary Cry Radio. Woo! Welcome to the show, guys.
3: What's up? How's it going?
2: <laughs> it's pretty good. It's been a it's been a long time coming to have you guys on. Uh you, and I were just talking right before this we got started here about uh how we all you guys and us here at Normal, we we got started at the same time and that was because there was this show that influenced the both of us called Future Quake that was on for quite a while that got to 300 episodes. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Dr. Future hung it up to go work on his magnum opus, his like 32 book series. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we got started around the same time. You guys, are, you guys have been going strong for a while, and so have we. So it's good to have you guys back, have you guys on conspiranormal. Normal
3: yeah thanks buddy yeah i mean it's it's weird it's it's been what three years now three and a half uh since i think both of us must have started the podcast um so you know it's just been trucking along it's been it's
2: yeah it was about march of 2012 that i recorded my first one which was literally the same month that uh Dr. Future hung it up back then, and you guys, I think, started
6: about the same time. Yep, I think so March, re- real March interesting. 12th or March 13th or something is our uh, yeah. is when we posted our first episode. So, yeah, it's right around that same time frame. And uh, I was telling you earlier, I think Dr. Future had more than a few babies. Or yeah. Not, he, he not, really not Dr. Future, but Future Quake had uh, <laughs> and some babies. And, you know, <laughs> Future Quake and Tom Bond. And Tom Bond. And, I mean. I, and <laughs> you know, I, I feel like... Um, if I'm not mistaken, some of those episodes are combined for the week, right? Because they used to be on every day for a half hour or something. So
2: yeah, he he did it for a while where he was on his radio station. actually here in Nashville, and he would split it up into four four or five parts to go throughout the entire week, Monday through Friday. And eventually, though, that radio station got bought out, and he tried to reach out to them, but. Nobody ever returned his phone calls. They were just playing gospel music just 24 7. So he just did it like a, I think for the last, I want to say a year and a half or so, maybe even two years, he did it just as kind of a straight podcast. Right. So, so, so why don't you want anybody to know what you look like, Basil?
3: Um, you know, it's an interesting, it's interesting that you asked that because I've never been asked that on a podcast or anything no, like I've that.
2: I've just noticed through the various. Pictures of you guys at conventions and such that you're always wearing like a a sheet over your face or <laughs> some kind of some
3: kind of mask. Or yeah, something see, like that. You, since you asked, you get the scoop. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. It really like some people are like enraged by it on the internet. <laughs> like uh-huh. when we posted we posted a a video when we hit three thousand likes on Facebook, and people were just like, "Stop covering your face." Just show me! I can't take it! And, um, you know, it just kind of started out with uh, just general anonymity because we were talking a lot about, you know, it was during the Occupy movement um, at the beginning of our uh, run, I guess. And, uh, you know, I just didn't really feel the need to to put it out there. Um, now it's kind of a combination between... You know, I've been doing it for so long, there's no reason to switch it up now. And, um, you know, it kind of has like an element of, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what my face looks like, you know, it's kind of... a like a
2: mysterious, <laughs> a mysterious the, the mysterious stranger in the room. It's kind of like, kind of like Slender Man, you know? I
3: guess, it's kind of just more <laughs> about the, the <laughs> message or whatever, or, <laughs> right? right, except for less uh, homicidal. Um, but yeah, you know... Uh, people make kind of a big deal about it i i've just kind of kept it going um general anonymity purposes i i do some public speaking and some some things like that so just kind of keeping it separate and you know to everybody out there it's okay if you don't see my face it's okay it's about, <laughs> it's the, like message. It's about it's the message it's about the
2: message it's kind of like the unknown comic where the guy with the bag on his head you know? right
3: right yeah, so so that's kind of it. There's been a lot of um, a lot of uh, conspiracy theories actually about it. Um, I don't know. It's just been a it's been an interesting well, experience. I
6: think Josh Peck in our last episode, uh, or one of our last episodes, put it best. Him and his wife, who actually has met Basil face to face, unfortunate for Basil. <laughs> uh,
3: well, there's a there's a few. To be clear. If you come and saw the live episode that we did, or if you if we're at like a, a, a conference conference, um, yeah. I don't wear like a Daft Punk helmet
6: or anything. <laughs> yeah, you have you. you so have, it has been talked about. Been, yeah, it has been discussed. <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, they said what? What did he say? You're a mix between Mitch Hedberg and Lane Staley. So, look those people up and uh them. Photo- yeah, okay. know who Lane Staley is.
3: I get compared to Hansel from Zoolander a lot. <laughs>
6: Hansel.
2: You talking about Lane Staley, the former lead singer of Alice in Chains?
6: Yeah, no, the, the funny thing with that episode was was when Josh said that, I pointed mm-hmm. out that they both died of drug overdose. <laughs>
3: <was like>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. <laughs> it,
6: looked, it looked like two. Uh, past Just, drug addicted humans. they lived fast and hard and they uh they were creative geniuses there we go but alas there we go yeah anyway
3: because
2: well, let's talk a little bit about the let's talk a little bit about the show before we kind of get into the meat of the uh, interview i want to talk about you know the the name canary cry i've always thought that was a very interesting name it's like a name that i wouldn't think of in like a thousand years but there, there is kind of a message behind that name. What is the, what's kind of the origin of that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if anybody knows the, the kind of origin story of Canary Cry Radio, uh, me and Gons were working together, um, at a, at a big church and, uh, we worked in the tech department. He was doing sound stuff and I was doing video stuff and we worked in the same room and we were like kind of just worked back to back for a long time. Um, and, uh, it was just during a staff meeting or something, we found out that we were so interested in these weird things. Um, you just sort of pick up on hints.
6: (laughs) It was during (laughs) Occupy. Yeah, it was during the
3: Occupy movement, I think. But, um, so we started the podcast and Canary Cry Radio, uh, alludes to the old Canary in the coal mine, um, thing where, you know, if, uh, if you have a canary in a cage and you keep them down with you in the coal mine, uh, that canary, when it starts, uh, causing trouble and being loud or dies, then you know, something's (laughs) wrong and you gotta get out of there. The toxic gases. Right.
0: So it's kind of
3: just, um, you know, started out as a way to, uh, you know, kind of warn people about what was going on. There's a lot of, um, government stuff. The, um, NDWA was kind of a big thing when we first started out. Uh, yeah. Just all that sort of stuff that was um threatening, I think normal people and it was happening so slowly and so secretly that nobody really knew about it. Nobody knew to be um concerned with it and the idea was that, you know, hey, we got to let people know. Right. It,
2: yeah, you guys are very good about informing people about certain trends. And some one of the things we're going to talk about today, which is like, which is like transhumanism,
5: mm-hmm.
2: which is extremely interesting stuff. And and and, Gon's, you're the, I guess, the producer, director, actor, voice talent of uh, two two videos that are on the on YouTube. And uh, if you watch these, they're about I'd say like the combined total of about five and a half hours long, uh, which is Age of Deceit, Fallen Angels, and the New World Order, and Age of Deceit Two which is alchemy and the rise of the beast image. Yeah. And I have watched these videos and they're very good. And uh, some, uh, you've got a couple of guests that I've had on the show that are actually in it. Uh, Rob Skiba has been on this show and also Chris white. He's been on this show several times, but I wanted to ask about, you know, kind of getting into the meat of everything about the the relationship in the first video. This is from the first video. But it's kind of like the relationship between like the fallen angels and, and to kind of define that term of what a fallen angel is. And, you know, what is that relationship there to what would we call for, I guess, lack of a better term, the new world order?
6: Yeah, you know, there's there's so many things that I came into in that time frame that I wanted to tackle and just put out there. And since that time, you know, my views haven't necessarily Gone away from what I present there, but it's definitely evolved. I would say, um, largely with just semantics, but in terms of the fallen angels and the connection with the new world order. Um, first off, when when we're talking about fallen angels, we're basically talking about you know these divine beings, these entities, intelligent entities that are both physical and non physical. I think there's you know some breakdown of what you know, what that even means when we start talking about entities that come from the other side, so to speak. And their influence on mankind seems to have been there from the very beginning with the serpent influencing Eve, uh, right. all the way to even, you know, in the line of Cain, if you read Genesis 4, you read through the, the lineage of Cain and you've come into uh, some of the children of, of Cain who, uh, you know, metalworking, tent making, uh, different things, different aspects of civilization seems to have come from that side. And, you know, there are occult beliefs that suggest that it was fallen angels that taught them that as well. Uh, but also the Book of Enoch, extra biblical text that speak about that. Um, and so, you know, when we say fallen angel, we're talking about these sons of God in Genesis 6 that mated with human women. Um, and you know, and you guys you just had Dr. uh Mike Kaiser on and he he yes. he's a little bit more nitty gritty and he'll get into why oh, yeah. yeah, he'll get into why Fallen Angel is not the proper, you know, sort of label for it. And um so that's why I've kind of been like, Okay, let's call Fallen Angels the pop the like the popular label for it and the more, you know, I guess more specific would be like divine beings that sinned or something, you know, like to be more like academically sound or whatever, but basically
2: he like the divine council. Yeah. Yeah. He talks talks about, yeah, he
6: talks about the divine council. And and so that's, you know, these entities, these, these, I mean, they are kind of like angels. If you want to call it that, you just have to define what that means.
3: Yeah. The common misconception is that any divine being is an angel. um, When, when in fact, angel, the word angel itself is a very specific, um, has a very specific definition
2: sure yeah i I think the same thing goes into it, and we're going to kind of touch on this, but the same thing goes into this idea of of angels and aliens you know what we're it's just a it's just a matter of terminology, what we would say would be an an angel two thousand years ago now may be referred to as an alien,
3: yeah, and there's a lot of um there's a lot of different theories on that as well. Um, Just (laughs) you can go into it and and podcast about aliens for hours and hours and hours. Um, But yeah, uh, that's a good example of one way those can be mixed up. I mean, now there's people who uh, are theorizing that aliens are not necessarily even divine in their physical nature, you know, but they're, they're created in labs and inhabited by uh, yeah some sort of spiritual being and things like that right okay
6: sorry i had to
3: I was come on distracted Don. for a moment Get i your know head in the
6: game bro. i know i know <laughs> um this is your jam i know uh the connections with the the new world order though is really fascinating because you start talking about just channeled channeled entities you know mainly i focused on Alice Bailey, who actually wrote something called "The Steps Towards a New World Order," uh, in, in a chapter from a book that she, you know, basically says was channeled from the spiritual entities. And you know, there's others out there, Helena Blavatsky, and um, and, and different things. So, you know, there's uh, when you start looking into that, it's very fascinating because the things that they talk about are very much in line with what Satan has been trying to tell mankind to do and the various aspects and components of trying to create you know a one world system and basically build the platform for the antichrist and that's what really struck me was like you know for example Alice Bailey talks about the reappearance of the Christ and right. and you know she's not talking about Jesus Christ and if you read through that it's like oh she's talking about the antichrist and if you have even a you know a light understanding of the antichrist and who he's supposed to be then you read Alice Bailey's work and you find out yeah that's talking about an entity or or you know a, a person that's going to definitely defy what Jesus Christ is about and bring about a system and an order that is akin to what we all understand as a new old order and all this stuff and really you know the the biggest thing for me was not just this idea of you know the New World order, but also the fact that the Bible actually does speak on such topics was really big for me because I was looking into some of that beforehand without understanding that there is a biblical angle, and in fact, it was sort of my investigation and lack of information out there from Christians that startled me. you know it was kind of like the first couple of years I was saved I was like all right, you know, this and that, you know, cool. I'm saved. I went through all the intellectual barriers of God's existence. And then, you know, the resurrection and the academic stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then I got into like, well, what about aliens? <laughs> you know, it, yeah. is, it is because I had that interest growing up in a culture that I did, you know, I watched um, a lot of movies about aliens with the a fire in the sky with Travis Walton and his story. And, you know, right. so it's definitely on my mind. I mean, we were bombarded with it growing up. So I had questions about it, but I wasn't finding any true answers. I was, you know, I was discovering that a lot of people talking about those issues and the New World Order and speaking truths about those topics were new agers. Yeah. You had your David Icke, you had your David Wilcock, Jordan Maxwell, and they were speaking. You guys
2: being in California, you guys being in California, you guys
3: are like surrounded by that stuff too.
6: Yeah, you go, much
2: more so than, than i am here in tennessee
3: yeah if, right if you go yeah, to there's the a beach really big uh new age movement
6: yeah um, I, every time i go to the beach i get a i get a flyer on my car and, and <laughs> I, I should save those because some, you know a lot of them are very interesting you know it's like oh yeah uh you know uh the the kundalini alien savior is coming and or you can speak to them if you, uh, you know, if you come to my building and give us a hundred dollars, you know, that kind of thing.
3: yeah. yeah. And, yeah. It, and it certainly isn't uh, across, you know, the entire state because there are some more, you know, <laughs> level-headed parts of the state. But definitely sure. where we uh, were and are, um, you know, it, it's it's penetrated the culture so much. I don't know something about Southern California. That, People are, you know, they're really hungry for some sort of spiritual existence, and it's just been sort of this breeding ground for this New Age um, mentality to just work its way into everyday um, right. thought processes for just normal people. Like, they don't even have to be, you know, New Age wackos to to sort of um, inherently lock on to some of these ideas. Uh, you know, your average Joe might not believe in the Kundalini Christ and, uh, you know, things like that, but definitely energy and crystals and such and such and ley lines and things like that. And, you know, with everything else, there's, there could be a little, a a hint of truth in many of those things. um, But whatever they are, they've definitely been uh, twisted or perverted or something and just, uh, you know, just kind of a part of everyday life for even, People who consider themselves non-spiritual down there.
2: You know, God's. You were talking about um, aliens, and it, it, it's interesting how I myself really came to be a Christian because you know I I grew up uh, in a household where my dad was my dad was an atheist. My mom, my mom was a Christian, kind of went around to a lot of different denominations, but I really like when. And then mid to late nineties got really into the whole alien thing. You know, I was really into the whole ancient aliens thing myself and I believed a lot of that stuff. And it eventually came to where in the early two thousands where, you know, I started thinking about God and there were some people around and my wife, you know, I was getting married to my wife who was a believer and and all this kind of things. And I, I eventually thought to myself, well, you know, if I could believe all this other stuff, why can't I believe a guy would, you know, raised from the dead after being you know being dead for three days you know what's so hard to believe there if i can believe all this other crap
3: you know what i mean yeah yeah no it's interesting and i think that's something that a lot of people struggle with you know um especially for some reason in america uh for a lot of parts of the country others not so much but uh you know kind of the example where burning the quran is a hate crime but Burning the Bible is art. And um, yeah. just the, the concepts of Christianity are so mundane, I think, to some people, that they would rather believe solely in aliens and crystals and energy. But, oh, that Jesus thing, that's just a fairy
6: tale. Yeah, or, or Jesus gets, uh, you know... Amalgamated. Y- amalgamated, that's a good word, yeah. 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 Into the whole alien thing. And that's what I was seeing. Right. And you know, because my my perspective was okay, the Bible and, and Jesus seems to be the truth. Uh, however, there's all this other stuff. Now, if my new newly adopted and you know rationally thought through worldview is true, then it should be able to address all these other things too. You know, if it's con- if it if the Bible contains the word of God and it's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to address all of our problems, right? I I always heard the uh uh, basic instructions before leaving earth is the acronym for the Bible, right? It's like, yeah, cool, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, all right, it should be able to address these things. But then when I started looking into it and only finding new agers and they started saying, well, you know, Jesus talks about be- having your eyes single. He's talking about the third eye and having uh-huh. the whole body filled with light. And this is before 2012. Uh-huh. So they're like, you know, the whole body filled with light. That's talking about, Ascension, you know, it's going to happen 2012, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sitting there and I'm going back to my church guys and and they weren't, you know, I was working at the church as a tech, but, you know, I kind of, and most of it was in high school ministry at the beginning. And so I got kind of a one-on-one of high school ministry, which is something that I didn't have in high school. So it was kind of good to go through that. But, um, you know, but I asked those pastors like, Hey, what about this? Or what about that? You know, and they were always kind of like, not well sometimes they were totally dismissive but most of the time they were kind of like well are you have you been abducted by aliens uh no well then don't worry about it but <laughs> yeah. this guy on the internet is telling me that Jesus is an alien like what what do you yeah. like uh, what do you mean like is there a thing that's you know is that true or is is it just a lie or you know and if it is a lie how is it a lie you, you know i had all these questions so it it was one of those issues where it didn't seem like there was a lot of Christians talking about it or, and I did run into a couple Christians. I ran into guys like Steve Quayle, you know, he's out there and I have nothing against Steve Quayle. I think he's a a great brother and he's, he's done a lot of great work for, you know, for, for the kingdom and everything else. But he was way too intense for me at the time. You know, like I would listen to him go off about the, whatever, alien invasion, the next earthquake or, or whatever and it was, yeah. like, way too – like, at the time, like, it's now – This is too much, man. Yeah, too no, much. like, now yeah. I can listen to it and kind of, you know, I'll take some of it, with, you know, with a grain of salt or whatever. But, right. but, you know, at the time, I was like, whoa, okay, these are, like, the really crazy Christians, right? Like, they're way out there. They think everything's ending, like, tomorrow. So I, I couldn't handle that either, you know, because I'm like, well, I don't know if that's true either. So I was kind of stuck in this sort of middle ground where it was – it was it was just really confusing, and then it wasn't until I ran into like La Marzulli, which I heard on Coast to Coast AM, and yeah. and you know people criticize him because he he kind of speaks to the new age crowd or whatever, but he's doing it for a reason, you know. Um, he calls the Bible the uh, guidebook to the supernatural, and that attracts people like, well, what book is that? And then they find out he's talking about the Bible, and they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, you got to you got to deal with that. Yeah, so.
3: Yeah, I mean, and and that's kind of the same crowd that um, I really enjoy talking to on uh, Canary Cry Radio, and I'm sure you got a lot of them here that listen to this show. You know, uh, I think this there's a enormous group of people who uh, either walk the thin line, sort of between what what we would call Christianity and the New Age, and um, you know, when when they get to the point where they where these new age concepts or just aliens and, and things like that aren't necessarily, um, don't have to be ignored by the Bible or don't have to be ignored by Christians and that, that, there's actually answers there. And most of the times the answers are, are better than the ones that the, uh, new age or the whatever UFO society has for them. Right. Um, and it actually has been a, a great draw to Christ for some people.
6: And, and, you know, that's one thing that that's, Something that I really, you know, was kind of awesome for me was understanding that there is a true answer in Christ, and within that, the information, the interview that Joe Jordan did uh, of CE4 Research with Derek Gilbert, when he talked about, right. there's a whole area of ufology that is ignored, or at least the study of alien abductions, where. When people call upon the name of Jesus when they are having these right. encounters, you know that it stops the encounter from happening. I was like, that—that that is what I've been trying to understand. You know, there's a connection there, yeah. and and that information, first I
2: heard him was on. First I heard him was on Future Quake, actually. Yeah, and that that show was one of the ones that just like really just blew
6: my mind. Yeah, you know, and and that kind of information, I was like, that has to get out there more, you know, because the the ufology folks, the secular ufology crowd, is not going to address that um, Joe Jordan has gone on record and said that you know he's spoken to these people and they all say you know yeah we know about it but we don't know what to do with it
2: you move know? on sp- sweeps it under the rug yeah
6: exactly yeah. so so and, and you know there's been uh, it, unfortunately there's been division I think within the small niche community with like oh aliens are purely spiritual no physicality there and others who say no there's definitely yeah. physical and that yeah. whole debate which I think is silly because I think when we when we start talking about you know realms of quantum science and we get into all that, it's like that whole barrier between the physical and non physical starts to break down and and we've explored that on Cry Radio you know a lot and and yeah, so that you have. yeah so that that sort of discussion I think is you know to, to divide over that is, is pretty silly in my opinion but
2: yeah I'm definitely I'm definitely on the spiritual side but I also you know I also want everybody to to, to get along and you know for me. Like I said, you know, I became a Christian and but even after I became a Christian, I was still very much like, you know, I had this this discussion with my wife and we were talking about whether there were people on other planets. And I said, well, I think there might be some here. Now, I was still very much accepting of the extraterrestrial hypothesis that there could have been people from other planets visiting this planet. And she said, no, they're all demons. And I said, Mm -hmm. no, they're not. You know, no, no way. There's they're not all demons. There's not, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're being backwards. You're, you're thinking backwards, you know, but well, I was listening to Coast to Coast one night and I heard Tom Horn and Tom Horn was really the first one to kind of put it together for me. And then I started hearing Elliot Marzulli and it just kind of all clicked. Like it, it just all started making sense Right. that this, what, the, what we're seeing is this continuation of for lack of a better word the angelic and demonic world it's not you know it was it was another explanation for me and it was an explanation that actually fit more with what you see in actual ufo cases where there's all this strange uh, paranormal stuff that goes on that if it was just a uh, nuts and bolts spacecraft you probably would not see
6: right yeah and you know there's i've Come around to accept this idea that a lot of what happens and a lot of what people see in the skies as UFOs are mostly I think secret government craft, but I think there are still yeah. you know manifestations of demonic you know vehicles or whatever you want to call it because even within the secular reporting uh, it 's interesting because there are reports where um, these people were driving i can 't remember the exact case but uh, what happened was these people were driving you know normal down the road they see these these two vehicles basically come down and they see a third vehicle come down and they can see um an entity in the like in the driver 's seat so to speak with a large head
0: uh-huh. and
6: that vehicle speeds off you know at a, a breakneck speed and then the other two vehicles chase after it but they you know but they can 't catch up but then you know they all sort of disappear over the horizon or whatever and that sort of thing makes me wonder like oh maybe you know there's a segment of our highly elite secret you know government whatever that have created pretty high levels of technology anti-gravitic crafts and stuff like that based on electromagnetic you know all the stuff basils gravity
3: nodes yeah yeah
6: yeah. so and that technology and science is, is very real it's been suppressed i think and so they have those crafts and they know about these other entities but you know they're trying to mimic what they have and they can't exactly but you know they're chasing after them that sort of thing so i found it interesting because it seems like there's a lot of drama even within like the elite realms and then you know when we talk about and here's the thing here's the thing what i've come to especially with like you know the fallen angel perspective biblically uh if you look at angels, and these are good angels, but when, if you look at a- angels throughout the Bible, you have the angel of the Lord, which I believe was Jesus pre-incarnate. You have mm-hmm. – um, we entertain angels unaware. You have the the two angels that uh, guided um, Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. All those situations, they're physical. They're there. It's not right. some ethereal yeah. thing. They're physically there and you know, sitting down eating with them and everything else. So there is some kind of physicality that seems to manifest with, with angels in general. Um, so that's why, you know, and I go through, I have a video called Who are the Sons of God in Genesis 6 set that view debunked. And, and I go through all that stuff because it's, it's, as a whole, biblically, you know, people always bring up uh, the passage in Luke that says, oh, angels don't marry. Uh, well, yeah, but that's in heaven. You know, and I think that's in a whole yeah. different realm, and that's a whole different situation. Whereas in the physical, um, when they manifest, I mean, yeah, they can probably manifest in a physical body that, uh, you know, is kind of like you or I, you know, a physical body, yeah. or they can possess someone. And that's another thing that's very fascinating and and kind of interesting. Is you know, we I've been looking at a lot of portal stuff we just had on Anthony Patch on Canary Cry Radio, you know, talking about CERN and portals. And, you know, one portal that uh, I think most people don't talk about is uh, the human being, The uh, and you can call it the pineal gland. I don't want to sound new-agey, but I think there is a portal that the human being is also a portal, a gateway. And that makes sense if we, you know, have this Holy Spirit indwelling in us. Um, it's something from the other side. It's a supernatural thing. And so th- if the Holy Spirit can dwell in us, uh, then other spirits can probably dwell in us it's too, you know. Something
2: so. else can as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's that's one thing in in my own doing. Conspiranormal was a way to also explore paranormal things as well. Because I haven't just you know studied the UFO stuff. Some of the stuff that I've looked at has been, and I've had these people, a lot of people on the show, has been these violent hauntings and possessions. And I think that that is also. Really, what you're looking at there is is just the same phenomenon as UFOs. And one person that I talked to on this show, he had a, a, a history of, of violent hauntings. He actually said that he had an attachment. Well, he also had a UFO experience, yeah. but he put that in its own little category, and then it's think, well, you know, this is just another phenomenon. I, this is not any way connected. And I actually, on my on the show, I told him, you know, I, I think it is connected. I think both are really just manifestations of the same thing. Another guy that I've had on uh, had also a violent haunting in his home when he was a child. He later on in life could say that he could, uh, before he found Christ actually, he could conjure up, bring people out, conjure up UFOs and show them to people. And he also had alien abduction experiences.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This is this has been something that I've been really passionate about as well because um when I was younger, I would have experiences that uh, you know, some would categorize as hauntings and and I've had a not so much lately, but in my younger years had a lot of experience like a, a lot of experience with um sleep paralysis, which I think yeah. has a has a similar Um, sort of genesis. And we talk with, uh, you know, when when we do live events or we're at conferences or something, I mean, the majority of what I'm talking about with people just one-on-one, and um, we've also done some panels in the past, is um, this uh, experience-based, just the experiences with some sort of other beings. And I talked a lot with Dan Duvall and um, who, who ministers a lot to people who have these sort of experiences. And um, yeah, I mean, this is a very real thing, and a lot of people. I think a, a good percentage of people have had some sort of experience. Um, have never felt comfortable talking about it either with its with their uh, you know pastor at church or with their friends or something. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to just put it out of your mind. I mean, I had. Ex- crazy experiences for a long time in my life. And, you know, it's amazing how we as human beings can just sort of like, uh, uh, just put it out of our mind and not really have it affect our worldview. But when you're able to right. open up about it and talk about it and, and um, you know, find somebody else who's had the same experience, those, it, it just becomes very real. And you have to make some very serious decisions about uh, how you look at the world. And I think that, that's, that the, you know, God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit have really been using um, these experiences that may even be negative. I mean, I had a lot of negative experiences, but what it did was show me that there is something fishy going on and it needs answers. And so that's been a, actually a really personal passion of mine is to talk to people about stuff like that. And, and, and just as we mentioned before, isn't it funny how you can call out the name of Jesus and it fixes the whole thing as it's happening in real time. You know, and a lot of people, I mean, you learn that when I was younger, you get pastors and my grandma and my mom, they were all, you know, they would say, you know, if something ever happens just call out the name of Jesus which sounds like <laughs> some sort of like hocus pocus thing but it's really yeah. it's really not it has very physical uh, consequences for invoking such a powerful name so if there's anybody out there know that
2: sleep paralysis is such a common thing now too yeah
3: yeah and it's it's getting more and more common um you know that paired with it, it's now becoming less taboo to talk about but um, you know, right. I I wouldn't be surprised if a, a majority of people who listen to your show and our show and uh, are sort of inherently interested in these sorts of things have had a lot of experiences with that.
2: we had Chris White, we've had Tom Bionic talk about it. We've also had Chris White come on and talk about it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, so we've actually we've talked about sleep paralysis quite a lot. Yeah, I, I want to get back to um, talking about. Kind of like the, the theosophical society, the ancient mystery schools, mm-hmm. kind of like the view on Christ, and and also this idea of, well, you know, Francis Bacon, the idea of the New Atlantis that the elite has, right, and what all that what all that kind of entails.
6: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. That kind of stuff really startled me. Um, and right. <laughs> the rabbit hole goes really deep. I mean, you can. You can. Th- there is so much occult literature out there, and now it's accessible, you know, with the internet and everything else. I mean, I, sometimes I think I I go read too much of that stuff, and I got to kind of like, you know, yeah, go baptize <laughs> myself. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, right? Um, but but yeah, the the ideologies that surround what influenced the New Atlantis concept, and even you know all sorts of ideas, all the way up to. The you know more recent ones like um, Zeitgeist moving forward with the whole you know city technological city with no oversight that kind of no money that kind of thing. A lot of those utopian sort of visions come from the same place, and it all seems to be related to restoring what we lost in the fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's variations within that, but. Uh, it all seems to stem back to that idea, and and also, it's never it's never like Jesus Christ that restores. It's always like we got to do something. You know, it's either yeah. either rituals. We got to invoke the gods. We got to uh, we got to evolve. I mean, there's and that's the thing. It's so varied that how how are we supposed to know? In in reality, it's so simple. You know, the whole faith in Christ thing is pretty straightforward, and. And even biblically speaking, he's the one that restores things. We don't restore it with our own hands. Um, So there's a really simple contrast there. Yet, if you look into the occult, it is just, I I mean, you know, we can spend a whole show talking about the different things they believe. And and that's something that tied throughout the whole, you know, with Age of Deceit 1 and 2. I think 2 even more because I get more specific with it in the practice of alchemy and uh, the I- whole idea of creating a substance that allows us to connect to the other side, to live longer, to basically be gods, and that ties right into the transhumanist movement. So there's nothing – it's true. There's nothing new under the sun. And you talk about Kabbalah. You talk about you know any kind of occult uh, history with uh, the – I mean you, you mentioned the Theosophical Society. It's the same thing. They all have a, a very similar – uh, outlook, you know, and I have a list here: Jewish mysticism with Kabbalah. You right. have the various aspects of ancient Egypt had similar I- right. ideas. Zoroastrianism, uh, Christian Gnosticism, same thing. And Christian yes. Gnosticism is dangerous too because it's it really does use the same terminology and you know kind of twists everything towards the whole occult side of things.
2: Yeah, I, I believe that the the whole Western occult tradition really stems from Gnosticism. That it never really truly died out
6: yeah no it's true it's definitely true
2: and And it's experience a resurgence yeah and again where you guys are i mean there's that's gnostic christian
6: yeah no yeah it's definitely we we, there's the thing that people don't realize with a lot of the uh social justice media or uh ministries and stuff like that even that you know on the surface is good works and things but it, it stems from uh, occult thinkers, and I don't have that info in front of me, and I can't cite cite it, but but I know that it's out there. Yeah, um, interesting. And
3: it, and it really comes all down to the spirit of control and wanting to control one's surroundings, and and reach enlightenment and do things like that, whether it be from knowledge or you know ancient uh, uh, rituals, I guess for lack of a better word, ancient knowledge, things like that, and you know the wanting to control your own environment. It, it, it's a very American mindset, I guess, or a very Western mindset. I won't even put it on just America. Hello? Basil? Uh, I think we're
2: having some trouble with Basil in here. in your
3: life, you know. Um, oh, we're we having a check, I,
6: can, I can hear him fine.
3: Okay. Check, 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 check. Am I fuzzing out? Yeah, I can hear yeah, you were a little bit. Okay. okay, you guys are a little fuzzy. Um, but yeah, but basically the, it really comes down to, you know, controlling your environment and how that is in direct contrast to uh what a biblical mindset is, which is you know, the the universe is the Lord's and um it's it's not our place to to enforce our will upon it. But um, that's kind of the draw with the whole New Age thing and with and with the majority of the occult things. And it's the very center of uh, the satanic church.
2: So basically, Gons, um, you – in the in the video, and this is in the first video, Age of Deceit 1, uh, you look at this idea of the new Atlantis. You, you mentioned this, you know, the whole – how this – the elite, their idea is to reestablish Atlantis. Right. Which you see and which I would agree with you on this that that is the antediluvian world yeah that was influenced by well for lack of a better term fallen angels or the watchers the same guys from the book of Enoch
6: yeah no i think that's that's you know and i'm not the only researcher that that's seen that i mean there's plenty of people that have seen that chris pinto points it out yeah. uh, and others do but uh yeah i think that's true and i think there's something to this whole notion of uh, as the days of were, And I know some people have used that and, and looked at it, maybe taking it too far saying that, Oh, that means Nephilim. Uh, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that, but at the same time, um, you know, you talk about uh, People always point out, Oh, let's well, just say after that passage, it says people were eating and drinking just business as usual, normal days. And my whole argument is, well, what was normal at that? What was considered normal at that time? You know, and it was probably right. pretty bizarre. So, um, So yeah, I I definitely think. And when you start reading that Francis Bacon, you know, the New Atlantis book, it gets into a lot of interesting stuff about, you know, he basically explains like concert venues with loudspeakers, and he doesn't call them speakers; Hmm. he calls them like sound projection. You know, I I don't remember the exact phrasing, but but there's stuff in there that's like, whoa, wait a minute, that's like exactly our twentieth century society that you know what it came into and that's pretty creepy you know yeah
0: right vehicles
6: i think he talked about flying cars we don't have flying cars but we do have airplanes so you know there's there's different things like that and it's like whoa that's really bizarre and you know the thing that i think um we have to deal with as well is throughout history there is this uh there's a i guess a, a. a marking on the church, and this is largely the Catholic Church. So I'm, I'm not going to lump, up, you know, Christian, Protestant Christians in with them. But the Catholic Church, which was the majority representation of Christianity, uh, has burned down. You know, has burned occult libraries and stuff like that. So, you know, for people that are in looking for the truth today, they'll automatically assume that oh, the Catholic Church burned down the Gnostics. They tried to keep the Gnostic. You know Gnostic knowledge out. Therefore, it must be the truth. You know. Yeah. And so it's yeah. a it's a really messy situation because you no, know, maybe in the minds of those early Christians, they thought they were doing what's right. But at the same time, you know, you're not supposed to necessarily burn stuff. Like if we burn the Quran today, there. You know, for me, it's like I don't believe the Quran is truth. Um, but. I don't know that burning the Quran does any good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It <laughs> no, always totally stirs up all it kinds of division. Worse. Yeah, I think it just causes yeah. more problems. So,
2: you know, and about Gnosticism, I mean, it, that was also something that I was big into. You know, in the nineties, early two thousands, I was big into that that whole concept of Christ. You know, to, well, I, I did believe that Christ was human, but he was, you know. F- it, you know f- instilled with the divinity later on that was from in in the world that was uh the the physical world was not the real world and 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 there was the world of world of spirit which is really just kind of a perversion of the actual christian teaching but you know films like the matrix i mean you see you see gnosticism everywhere now. You see these ideas everywhere. Yeah, not in our popular
6: culture. Especially the Matrix. That was pretty much, you know yes. that was pretty much the Gnostic handbook. <laughs> yeah. all the way through and through. And so yeah, that's it, it is everywhere. It's being disseminated. And you know, I just actually published um on my YouTube channel, Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, uh The Avengers, a review of the Avengers yeah. movie. And um what disturbed me was somebody had messaged me with a link to uh a, a article i believe it was washington post that basically said you know uh, christians are flocking to avengers at a record breaking pace and you know and when they, they the analysis of why that was happening was because uh christians need hope and they wanted to see hope in something and and i'm like what <laughs> i'm like wait a minute like isn't christ our hope like why are christians yeah. like leaning on the avengers to find hope there's something yeah. wrong there you know well so.
2: it's kind of like those feel-good books that come out too you know about the all the, the kids that die and go to heaven and and it, 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 you know you go see like a movie like what was it uh heaven is for real right and yeah. i saw that movie I mean, it was a decent movie but i'm just the whole time and i read the book too and the whole time i'm just sitting there thinking to myself you know, as a Christian, I really don't need this. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: All I need is faith. I don't need to know some kid went to heaven and some girl supposedly drew a picture of Jesus,
6: right? And there know? was there was the it, other it, it, there was the other story and there's a couple of them out there with uh where the boy said that it wasn't true, right? He kind of recanted on the whole yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that was the kid's, and the kid's name was Malarkey, which I thought was Malarkey. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he came out later on and said, no, I was, it wasn't true. And he actually, I mean, he did a good thing. He actually said, it wasn't real. I was making it up. I was a child, and and you need to pull the book off the shelves. And the, they did pull the book off the shelves. But, Gons, let's talk about transhumanism. Uh, this is a field that, you know, some people make a big deal out of it. Some people don't. Uh, some people that think that it's just a silly thing, it's just a fad, but you know, you look at it in your, and this is in the second video, in *Age of Deceit* 2. You look at you know this concept of the philosopher's stone and how and how transhumanism is. You equate it with with the practice of alchemy, and and also in the idea of the singularity. The, where Ray Kurzweil has, and and also this kind of idea about this, you know, our advancement in technology now. And I believe you used the phrase uh, "grid technology." Is that the correct terminology, like the uh, robotics, information, something like that? Sorry, you, uh, you cut
6: out for a second there.
2: What was the what was the phrase you used in the video? I think it was a grid technology. It's an acronym for oh the new the the new fields of of tech. Right now, yeah, Grin Technologies.
6: Can you hear me? Grin.
2: Yeah, I can hear you. Okay,
6: you cut out for for a couple seconds there, but yeah, Grin Technologies. Uh, I think it's, it's
2: Skype. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's working. It's working well.
6: Um, genetics, robotics, uh, intelligence, and nano. And, 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 nano. and uh, that's uh, that's actually an acronym that that uh, Tom Horn came up with, and I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's got uh, you know a little double sort of meaning there with a grin, you know, Satan grinning or something, I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, transhumanism has become a huge topic. People are, I think a lot more people are talking about it than before. And on both sides of the aisle, you have your Christians screaming and yelling like, oh, it's the end because of all this stuff. But the transhumanists themselves are really coming out and speaking their mind. Let me read you a quote. From Zoltan Istvan, who actually has been interviewed on A View from the Bunker a couple times with Derek Gilbert. Derek's really good with getting these pro-transhumanist people on his show. Which yeah, is I've, really, noticed. I've noticed yeah, that. It's yeah, really, it's really good. He does a good job with them. Uh, but let me read this quote. He said, quote, Men die, plants die, even stars die. We know all this because we know it. We seek something more, a transcendence of transience, transition to incorruptible form, an escape, if you will, a stop to the wheel. We seek, therefore, to bless ourselves with perfect knowledge and perfect will, to become as gods, take the universe in hand, and transform it in uh, transform it in our image, for our own delight. As it is on earth, so it shall be in heaven. The mm-hmm. inevitable result, as above, so below. Yeah, but he took, he, yeah. he does it backwards. He says, "As it as it is on earth, so yeah. it shall be in the heavens." The inevitable result. Of incredible improbability, the arrow of evolution is lipping us into the transhuman, an apotheosis of reason, salvation attained by good works, and it's like that is one eighty to the gospel. Like
2: that—that's the promise of the
6: the that the serpent said in the garden. Exactly, you should be as God. Exactly. It's like it's a diametrically opposed view, which is why this is so fascinating. Because it's not like oh, you know, we're just going to improve ourselves. We're going to, you know, uh, the person without sight will see. The person that can't hear will be able to help him hear with this technology. And that's certainly true too. But then you have these futurists who are literally talking about salvation. They're talking about, you know, perfect knowledge. We're going to become gods. We're going to have apotheosis. I mean, it's like, okay, this is no longer just a worldview. This is a religion. And, um, And it's scary because there's a lot more money. There's a lot of the great minds, you know, scientific minds that are at work behind this whole movement. And for the most part, the church is asleep. You know, they have no idea that this this is happening. And that, you know, with the Avengers review, especially, I wanted to point that out because, you know, uh, the church again goes to seek refuge in movies like this. And it's like I was entertained by the movie. I, I I thought it was. Fun, you know, fun to watch, but at the same time, let's let's get real about the agenda behind it. You know, um, yeah, I haven't seen
2: it. I haven't seen it, but I, but I but I know all these movies have a very trans. All these Marvel movies, DC stuff that's come out. All these movies have a very transhumanist aspect to them. Yeah,
6: well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I will give you a couple lines from the film that were really that really jumped out at me, and I think a lot of people in our little niche. Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert! And <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy, but. Uh, there's a moment when Ultron is uh, is going after this substance called vibranium, which is um, you know if you know Marvel, adamantium, you know it's kind of like that indestructible metal that yeah. uh, Captain America's shield is made out of and stuff like that. Well, it's called vibranium in the movie. And when Ultron is you know pretty much at the dealer, you know getting his stuff, he says, "On this rock, I will build my church, vibranium." Mm. And you're like, come on, that's <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like really like you're gonna. And then there's another scene where uh, they're talking about, oh, what's gonna happen? You know, um, uh, I, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but basically they were trying to figure out what would happen if we don't uh, do what. And Ultron basically wants to destroy the Earth, not because he's evil. Well, he is evil, but not because he wants to like ruin everybody. He believes that. <laughs> The only way that we will all be saved is the destruction of the Avengers and the destruction of humanity. So he's kind of like yeah. he's kind of schizo in that way. But then you know they ask him like, oh, well, what's going to happen? You know, what happens if we don't we don't accept your thing? And he goes, ask Noah. And so little things like that that like, okay, the the biblical researcher, the people that are in our niche, we totally get it. We totally understand why Ultron would say that, why it would be in the movie like this. Um, and then the other big one is the, you know, the, the character of vision calling himself, I am. So it's like, all right, we get it. Yeah. You're, you're speaking to the the church and the church is going, oh yay, biblical references. Uh, no, (laughs) don't, don't rejoice for that. Yeah. This is the concept of the
2: demiurge. In other words, that Yahweh was not the true creator God, that he was an imposter. Right.
6: Exactly. this idea and that, and that Lucifer in the garden is actually the good guy, right? The one who freed humanity from the garden yep. prison that Yahweh put together. And yeah, it's the same thing. So, you know, and we, we're, we have to, and people read into like first Corinthians 15 talks about our new bodies and they'll even read that and say, Oh, it's actually t- telling us that we have to build those new bodies. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's not really correct either, but they'll read whatever they want to into it. And, uh, it, it, it the whole transhumanist thing has various tentacles. You have um, and one topic that I've touched on in a couple of videos, but you know, it's not really spoken about out there too much, is gender. Um, the the whole Gnostic perspective of this idea of oh, God made uh man and woman in His image. You know, he, he, uh, the of verbiage uh, uh, male and female He created He them. Yeah. Well, they'll take that and say, "Oh, see, when God created humanity, He created them as a uh, a, a unisexual being—a male and female." And transhumanism, when you start looking into what they want to do, they're talking about the end of gender. They're going, "Well, no, right. we will no longer have gender." That's a big issue. And then you have—I mean, it gets you know crazy. But there's the movie Ex Machina coming out. This kind of weird lustful thing with robots, and, and I mean, there, you, you, there's a 2009 article that talks about what these, uh, you know, transhumanists see as the future of sex in the singularity, and they think it's, you know, like connecting with robots and stuff, like USB ports, and I mean, it's like, what are you guys talking about? You guys, it gets are, crazy. They, yeah, it I mean, gets crazy, nuts. and and then you have yeah. these people that are like all on board with every little gadget and stuff like that. And you're like, yeah. and look, I like technology. Okay. I really do. I, I enjoy no, technology. me too. I think it's really cool. It's a great tool. Um, but when you start plugging it into your head or other places in your body, uh, <laughs> I think we got to draw the line. And Basil would agree with me there because we had a whole diagram with that. I think, <laughs>
2: you know, Ray Kurzweil, uh, I watched a documentary about him and Kurzweil actually at the end of the, this documentary, uh, yeah, of course, Kurzweil is an atheist, and he's he's asked, you know, do is, is there a god? And he actually looks at the camera and says, "Not yet." Right. Yeah. What a statement.
6: Yeah, I know, and that's what they believe they, be- and that's why it is a religion. It's no yeah. longer just, and that's where people need to realize, you know. And look, the 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 apologetics ministries out there do a great job. You know, the Christian apologetics ministries, like you know, you got. Greg uh, Kokel and William Lane Craig, and I mean, they have argued for the existence of God in an academic setting in a marvelous way. However, the progressive thinkers in atheism are beyond just "oh, God doesn't exist." They're at the point where they're saying, "We are going to create God or gods, and we are going to become them." And and right. that's you're crossing a you know, there's no apologetic against that. Well, I mean, there is if you if you're familiar with uh, the proper biblical teachings, but these big ministries are still arguing for the existence of God when you know the the progressive movement is saying, "Hey, we're gonna be gods. Just just hold on to your seats because the way things are progressing, the amount of money that's being poured into it, it's it's gonna happen sooner than later." And um, you know, and and that's why all the conditioning. You got Call of Duty Three, Black Ops Three. You um, huh. have all these TV shows that are pushing transient. I mean, it's everywhere. It's to get right. people familiar with that uh, that whole notion. And so when it starts happening, it's like, oh yeah, I saw this on uh you know Disney XD. Uh, it's normal, you know, to shoot laser beams out of your eyes or whatever. So
2: <laughs> <it's-> <laughs> we, we were talking about you were talking about plugging into USB ports and plugging it into our brains. You know, it, it, how does this technology? And you go through this also in the second video. You go through, you know, like this one lady's demonstrating this tattoo on her arm that has all her information. Yeah. Or, no, it was something like you, you could be injected with this, um, with, with some kind of chip or something that you could yeah, like, just pay for anything with.
6: Yeah, it's a pill, a pill. you can swallow. Yeah, yeah that, that monitors your body. And, um, yeah, and there's a whole movement there, too. It's called like self hacking or biohacking. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it's it's to it's sold as a um, kind of a you know self improvement, uh, you know trying to get the best out of your you know biology and whatnot, and and to a certain extent you know again at a certain level it's like all right yeah. You know, I can I can dig that. You know, I, I want I want my brain to work better and stuff like that. But
3: yeah, I want to be automatically updated on my iPhone if I start developing diabetes. <laughs> yeah, something. yeah, it's like, yeah. I want <laughs> so to, there's a lot of amazing stuff like that.
6: Yeah, but. <laughs> it's good, but I mean, what it's leading to yeah. is ultimately this. You know, like the uh, there's a Metallica song, "The Light at the End of Your Tunnel" was a freight train. You know, so it's well, like.
2: Well, Cons, I want to ask you about, you know, how that fits into the beast image the, or the beast system. You know, this idea of what is going to be as what we believe is going to happen when in the in the time of revelations, whenever that is. Um, but but also, you know, to make the <clears throat> to make the statement that. Oh, I think I just lost my thought. I'm going
6: a thousand miles. <laughs> well, <now. laughs> okay.
2: let's talk about let's talk about that beast that beast, you know, that beast system, that idea.
6: Yeah, the image of the beast is, I mean, there's, it's a very fascinating thing. Revelation 13 talks about it. It says that uh, the false prophet, the second beast, will uh, force the people to build an image to the first beast that had a head wound but lived. and um, And part of it that's interesting is that throughout the whole Bible, it talks about how images and idols don't speak they're lame they're you know you don't worship that because it's nothing you know they don't speak yep. they don't walk they don't do anything but th- but in revelation 13 the image of the beast speaks you know and if you don't worship the image you it, ha- it can slay you and you go okay well this isn't basically an inanimate object that will suddenly speak and have the ability to kill you if you don't worship it that's interesting and that's seems to tie into what we've been seeing with technology, with artificial intelligence and all these things. Um, so early early on in the church, uh, Victorinus, one of the first people who did a commentary on the book of Revelation, he said, oh, a, a fallen angel will inhabit a an image, a statue, and make it speak. And so that concept is fascinating because, the, you know, is that what's really going to happen with uh, this image of the beast, with with true artificial intelligence and sentience? Is it actually going to be a fallen angel or even Satan himself possessing the image? Possible. You know, there's theories out there that suggest that. Um, but, I, don't, I mean, I don't even think it's really that important. I think the point here is that the uh, the whole system is being built around us right now. And, yep. and if you think about – and this is where – you know, it starts getting into some different elements and aspects. There's a lot of uh, pieces to the web here, but I really respect Chris White's work, and I know you've had him on several times. Um, yeah. But the whole false Christ idea—you know—will he be? Will he present himself as the Jewish Messiah? And that whole concept, at first, I was like, "Whoa, man, this is totally not cool." <laughs> Whatever. But as I looked into it, it was pretty spot on. And then, even as I was putting together this film age of deceit 2 and looking at Israel modern Israel it is a technological one of the top technological nations in the world uh, i mean they say it's number 2 to the us but in some respects it's number 1 uh with it's pretty much the silicon
2: valley of the middle east yeah which is really yeah.
6: fascinating uh they've uh they've spent billions of dollars on on scientific research uh Eric Schmidt of Google has said that Israel has the most high tech center in the world after the U.S. The the Institute of uh, Electrical and Electronics Engineering has, uh, I think, three or four people PhDs as uh, you know members of the top ten researchers in artificial intelligence. Um, and here's what I found interesting: uh, Rabbi Chaim Richmond of the Third Temple Institute. Is quoted saying, "There's no reason why we shouldn't use technology, which is the modern miracle, alongside heavenly miracles as part of our vision of the temple." And so you're going, okay, so now the temple is going to be, you know, have some kind of technology involved with it. And, and you know, I mean, on, at a base level, it's like, all right, it's going to have electricity and lights and stuff like that. But I think, <laughs> you know, I think at a deeper level, it's something else. Um, the Netanyahu uh, a year ago suggested that. He wants Israel to become the leader in uh in cyber business. And you know, they want a headquarters for cyber interactions all around the world, and we want it to be in Israel. And you're going, whoa, that's crazy. That that kind of stuff is like, wait a minute, there's something else going on here. And this is not I'm not trying to be anti-Semitic. I'm just telling you the facts. You know, I don't make this stuff up. I'm just telling you what I see. Um and you talk about the abomination of desolation that 's spoken about in you know matthew twenty four daniel eleven to forty five second thessalonians two four all those places it 's on the wings of abomination it 's talking about the temple uh, you have the antichrist himself he 's going to declare himself to be God in in the holy place so it right. 's so like at a certain point you know Israel will be Taken over by the beast, and it seems like if these technologies, if they're so technologically advanced, and they're creating all these things, at what point where will you know it become literally the center hub? And um, you know, I'm just speculating on these various aspects, but at the same time, there seems to be a lot of correlation there. And uh, you know, you read stuff from Kevin Kelly, who started Wired magazine. He wrote a book called What Technology Wants, and he talked about how. The technium, which is what he calls is our child. Uh, He basically says that technology is a birth. you know, It's humanity's baby and that it's aimed at God. And and you're like, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then you have – These are strong statements. Yeah, I know. Very, very bold. Uh, And then you have the global brain idea. Dick Pelletier, he's a computer scientist. Uh, He compares the earth as growing a global brain – He compares human beings as neurons in a brain and all the uh, blogs, the internet, electromagnetic waves and everything as neural pathways. And it's interesting that if if you keep that sort of interpretation or logic going, then what you come to is that any virus or anything that doesn't cooperate with the global brain will be eliminated. And what do you have the image of the beast doing? If you don't worship me, you will be slain. So, I mean, there's like a parallel there and going, oh, wow, that's really interesting.
2: Um, One interesting thing too, Gons, is that, you know, I remember the statement I was going to make before my brain melted down. (laughs) I mean, I need one of those upgrades. But, (laughs) you know, who decides who's going to get all this? Who decides who's going to get all these upgrades? Obviously, not everyone's going to do that. Not everybody's going to be able to do it. It's probably going to be something that people with money are going to be able to upgrade and people that don't. Normal everyday schlubs, they're not going to get any of this. Right. So it's like you're dividing humanity into two camps basically. Yeah. And, and that's scary. It is. That's frightening.
6: It is. And there's, and there's different thoughts there too because I've heard everything from, you know, uh, when vaccine – and there's this whole talk about vac- vaccinations and how they're trying to make it a mandatory thing and, you know, who knows what can be put, you know, uh, injected into you <laughs> if, if it becomes a mandatory issue. Uh, so – could uh, certain aspects of what people believe to be the mark of the beast have anything related with vaccines maybe um but yeah for the most part those who will have these advanced sort of capabilities and access to the technology will be the elite the wealthy people um and it's true already if you look at the entrepreneur you know progressive business world it's you know a lot of the futurist kind of thinkers are all moving in that direction you know they're they're doing things already that are trying to you know cognitively enhance yourself and get better and all these things and right. and th- these are folks with millions of dollars they they have money to spend on gadgets and you know all kinds of stuff to tinker with to to you know sleep better or dream better or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, it's all leading kind of towards that same direction so it's it's pretty fascinating
2: let's talk a little bit about this concept of the golem or you would also say slash homunculus and it, in how that connects to so like the transhumanist movement. Yeah. And also you go into a little bit like kind of like the agenda, like, you know, what would be Satan's agenda as far as like to change humanity into some kind of global collective homunculus in a way.
6: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because that whole concept was first uh, – there's a, a show, an anime called um, – uh, Basil, help me out here. What's the show called? I'm not sure which one you're talking about. It's the anime with – Dragon Ball Z. Well, yeah, that too. Oh, they're coming back with that. Did you know? They're, they're coming out with the <laughs> <in> – <a>, anyway. <laughs>
3: you just turned the show into an anime <laughs> Yeah, an anime, fan anime jam. <laughs> you ever
2: seen the footage of uh, Alex Jones going Super Saiyan on – <laughs> no, yeah, but no it's not. I wish Luke was here. He loves Dragon Ball Z. That's like his favorite anime of all time.
6: Yeah, they're coming. <laughs> I'm sure he knows they came out with a movie, and they're coming out with another. The yeah. original creator uh, of uh, Dragon Ball is coming back. Anyway, um, are you talking about um, Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, so that show. I was just I was watching it. anime, and I was watching that show, and you know, it's like pretty interesting stuff. And I look it up, all the names. All, like a lot of the characters' names and stuff like that, real people in history. <laughs> and I'm going, whoa, yeah. that's crazy. Wow. Um, but anyway, this heightened idea to mention the that, whole show involves alchemy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> homunculus, which are characters in the show, if you look at the, if you study some of the writings of uh, Paracelsus and others, uh, they talk about creating the homunculus, and it's very akin to the cabalistic traditions of creating a golem. And what's interesting about the golem is that to create a golem you first have to shape the body uh, out of inanimate objects and then you have to use magical words or or sacred names or sacred markings to animate the body and in order to do that you put it uh you place it either on the golem's forehead uh some say mouth but you know a lot of them have the forehead or the forearm or, or all three actually it's the mouth forearm or forehead so that's interesting. You're like, oh, that's you know, when you look at Revelation 13, you have a mark that goes on the head, you have a mark that goes on the right hand, and you have to worship, you have to speak, you know, the, you have to say that you worship the image of the beast. Those are the three same places: the mouth, the forearm, and the forehead. So I, I tied it to that, and I and I started speculating that maybe instead of us creating uh, a golem what's really happening is the opposite satan is trying to create a golem or you know collective golem out of humanity and we will become cuz the golem initially was made to help the you know the 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 legend goes that he was created to help the jews you know out of persecution and stuff like that but what if the the, the opposite gets you know gets twisted around where humanity is created to help satan and ultimately we will abandon to do so, we will abandon the image of God that is in us for the image of the beast, and that's why there's no there's no repenting for people that take the mark. You know, there's nowhere it says like, "Well, they were forgiven." No, it's it's pretty much death for those that take it. So, again, speculation, but I think there's something there where uh, these ancient ideas are being brought out again in a modern technological sort of. Package, and uh, and even and again, uh, spoiler alert in the Avengers, and it's fresh on my mind because I just made the video yesterday. Right, uh, one of the characters, and I won't spoil it all the way, but one of the characters is animated because uh, an object that is embedded in the forehead.
5: Really?
6: Yeah. So I mean, it, it's kind of like, all right, <laughs> we, we get it. like, yeah. it's, Come on. Like, yeah. it's not. It's not. <laughs> It's not even like subtle anymore, you know. To people like us, it's like, dude, seriously, you know. I'm, I'm, you know. I remember watching the movie, and I uh, watched it with a few uh, churchgoers, and they were eager to talk to me after the film because they wanted to know, oh, what'd you think? What'd you think with this and that? And, and so Christians, you know, I think that's that's the important thing for us is to, you know, understand these things and and try to help Christians understand a lot of it because otherwise, you're just going to be, oh, let's hope. the movie shows hope in humanity. Right. And it's like, Oh, wait a minute. That's not what we're, that's not what we're supposed to be preaching. So,
2: and and you know, there's people that are behind those writing those articles too. It's probably not even, I mean, is it even like, why, why even focus just on Christians? Why, why focus on going to see the Avengers? All kinds of people are going to see the Avengers movie.
6: Right. Yeah. 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 There's a whole thing with, uh, it seems like and i've been documenting this um and i don't have it in front of me but i, I seem to not have anything in front of me today but uh <laughs> but yeah i i've been documenting like trending articles or trending stories on facebook and stuff like that it's always kind of like an underhanded thing to christians it's really kind of weird it's it's growing this whole you know uh making christians look crazier than what people already think they are it seems like they're coming after us more and more so
2: well, well there are some there are some there is a lot of Christian nuttiness out of out there you gotta, gotta kinda
6: yeah, and that's kind of the unfortunate thing is is yeah. uh, the whole fringe movement has grown and it's cool it's good uh but it also brings out the crazies and you know <laughs> and and there's certain people that uh I consider fellow brethren that uh are a little bit too far i think on the ledge uh of of you know calling fear upon everything. And, um, you know, that's the end of the world tomorrow, martial law's coming tomorrow. And, and it's true. There are a lot of interesting signs happening recently with a lot of, uh, you know, Jade Helm and stuff like that, that seem to be leading towards that kind of end. Um, but I don't know what's fruitful about just every day coming on air with whatever platform you're given and just making people scared. Um,
2: You know, the whole Jade Helm thing is, I think has really been blown out of proportion. But you really no one's really asking the question of just like why do we need to have this military exercise anyway?
6: Yeah, it's really bizarre.
2: Obviously, they're getting ready. Obviously, they they see some kind of eventuality where uh, where it's necessary to train this way.
6: Yeah, I have a, I have a buddy that's uh, in the military that um, <clears throat> it still works in the military, uh, and he's he said one of the first things he said was first off. They've been doing this for a long time. There's nothing sort of inherently new with the whole concept of Jade Helm. The difference is. I
2: think this is Jade
6: Helm 15. Jade Helm 15, yeah. So it's been going on a while. Yeah. and, And, but he's saying, but the scale at which they are doing it is, is different. Um, so that's one thing. And then secondly, that, uh, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Seems to be happening oh, a okay. lot today. The, the <laughs> we need flux. those upgrades, guys. Yeah, no, we need, I know. Mean, I need my USB <laughs> upgrade, brain chip. Uh, <laughs> I uh, think a big, a big part of the Jane Helm,
3: and that's really just it, it. It's really just an example for something that has been going on for a while. Um, you got to keep in mind that a lot of the hype, a lot of the um, blowing it out of proportion, a lot of all that. It, it, you know, it, it's also, a, it could be, I'm not saying I have a source for this, but it's very reminiscent of its own type of um, PSYOP campaign, which is to strike fear. I mean, there's there's videos of, um, you know, I just saw some video of a town hall meeting in Texas where all these, uh, you know, really, really passionate and uh, r- afraid um Texans, I think many of them were holding Bibles and things.
2: Right. I think Jade Helm is uh, is blocking your signal there, Basil.
3: Hey guys, we're just we're just hey. training. This is just what we do. Um, <laughs> but they they just wouldn't let it you go. You cut out. You
2: cut out for just a bit there, Basil. Okay. Sorry. Well,
3: so so there's videos of of Texans at town hall meetings, and they're really just berating this. Colonel, I think he was, or something like that um, and and you can just tell they're really responding to just a lot of the fear, and it doesn't make them look good you know anytime somebody is acting out of fear you're just do you're not doing anybody a favor um, and and you gotta know that that fear that you're feeling is part of the, the PSYOP, the psychological operation of uh of what's going on if it is a big Jade Helms. Um, you know the lockdown of Texas or the country or wherever you are really you know a a major part of that is you being afraid of it uh, yeah, because well, that that 's what gives them the power
6: yeah that 's true it 's definitely true the The psyop part of it is is actually where I was thinking about going when I was had a brain fart um, The other part of it too is um the there <laughs> there are some who have connected it, and this is like way down the rabbit trail but some have connected it to maybe and they've done their own research and i don't I, I can't vet the research but they suggest that there is a tie with some sort of extraterrestrial presence right. where there are aliens that are landing somewhere out in the desert somewhere Whoa. and they need to <laughs> this <is> the sigh. <laughs> uh and they need to yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you got to keep in well, mind that the military
3: has been using the term "training operations" to cover up for hundreds of you know secret things that go on. Yeah, I mean, just exactly. because the military says something is a training operation, so we need to have a large presence in an area, you know, that's just the official story.
2: Right. Gons, is that why they came out with the Roswell slides? The, you know, the, the I
6: very important. That... Uh picture of a mummy i actually (laughs) a mummified child they made a huge deal about that and the picture is really really shady i mean it is nothing that that the amount of hype that was surrounding that event this week and and what actually came out uh don't they don't jive there's some other agenda there you know is it is it just to make money because they're selling that image for what 15 bucks or something like that i I, it it seems bizarre to me that they would release this image that was found in 1989 I mean it's been what 20 something years what took him so long to release it and the image itself isn't really all that compelling you know it's like (laughs) all right yeah okay there's some body it's kind of blurry and uh it looks like a mummified child that does not look like in you know an alien so to speak you know it's like uh, I don't know
2: Nick Redford in the last couple of days has come out and said that he believes what it is is that it's a picture from a museum in New Mexico yeah, it was just like a museum it. of just like weird curiosities and they did have mummies on display. Yeah, and the museum has been closed now for a
6: while. Well, there I you mean, know. the
3: thing is sitting on uh, a, a glass display table with a little, you know,
6: piece of paper. Right, uh, exactly. You know. Like a label on it.
3: It looks yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't look, There's, it's not in a lab. It's not in anything. It's just, <laughs> it's sitting on a glass display shelf in what looks to be a museum.
2: Yep. Well, guys, in the time that we have left, I wanna I wanna get your thoughts on something, and this is a a show that you guys did, and this uh, this show was uh, was amazing. Uh, this guest that you had on, Rebecca Roth. Oh yeah. And, you know, what's kind of your thoughts on some of the stuff that she was, uh, what she where she was going with that, on some of the involvement with Israel with nine eleven. Hello.
3: guys oh sorry you cut skype, out there you back? skype
2: problems yeah
3: yeah that that's that always happens when we start talking about truth or stuff right
2: right just as soon as i mention it yeah did you hear what did you guys hear what i said about the rebecca roth the but what, what her yeah.
3: ideas about israel being involved in 9-11 oh right 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 yeah um i mean specifically about the the israel comments um i mean that's that's not necessarily a new idea um right when we're, whenever you talk about a, a something being orchestrated by you know not just the American government but obviously some sort of shadow shadow leadership or new world um, conspiracy or whatever you want to call it um, it's it's not necessarily an American uh, deal. It's always you know something behind that which uh, involves m- many more countries. Um, yeah. You know, the th- Many more intelligence it, agencies. Right, yeah. right, right. And there's a lot of independently operating um, agencies that we assume just take orders from the president or whatever, uh, which isn't necessarily always the case um, very, it, it, very, in very, very well stated. To, right. Thank you. In regards to her um, Israel comments, um, you know, yeah, it, they, they I think there's a there's an essence of truth there. I think uh, for the most part, she was spot on. Uh, I don't think necessarily that there's some conspiracy where Israel is necessarily acting alone or, you know, has any more part in it than anybody else. Uh, you know, I think talking about Israel is, is always kind of a hot subject. Um, so, uh, regarding those comments, I I think she's right, but I don't think that's the whole story.
6: Yeah, and, yeah, and just yeah, I think the it, it's interesting, and I'm glad you brought it up because the whole Israel issue it is kind of a touchy subject, as as Basil said. And you, yes, you've yes. had you've had Doctor Future on, so you 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 know you know where where he's going with it, and and I seem to be agreeing with a lot of of what he's. Researched, and I haven't seen everything, but it seems to be lining up. At the same time, we had Johnny Serucci on the following episode, and he and he he called, uh, or he just raised suspicions about Rebecca Roth and said that, you know, someone that doesn't mention the Jesuits is probably in cahoots with the Jesuits, and so, and then she came back and lashed back and publicly on our Facebook thing, like you know, say, "How can you call yourself an Illuminati expert?" and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, uh, you know, that's why your books aren't selling. And I mean, it was like, Whoa, 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 take it easy. It was a
2: big, it was a big hoo-ha went on.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was the first, uh, (laughs) crossfire uh, that we ever had from guests that, that originated from the show. I mean, we have a lot of guests, we have a lot of guests who disagree with each other, but, um, this one it was kind of a heated moment, specifically because of the show. But um, yeah, I mean, and that's just how it's going to be. And I, th- that's a big idea that we, <laughs> at least I, try to get across on the show. And I know Guns has um, uh, has this attitude as well, which is, you know, we're not all gonna we're not all gonna agree on everything. That doesn't necessarily mean that one of us has to be. a a CIA disinfo agent. I mean, (laughs) even, even me personally, uh, you know, have had my salvation questioned and my ties, you know, with the Illuminati new world, Israeli secret movement have been, uh, you know, things like that have been, uh, either emailed to us or or found somewhere on the internet. So it's just a really interesting thing. And and it all goes yourself out there. Yeah. And it really all just goes back to the whole fear thing. You know, when people are afraid of things, um, you know, they, they want something to hold on to. They want an explanation. And uh, so there you go. Stop yeah, and being to, afraid, everybody. And actually,
6: to, to dig a little deeper into uh, that specific issue with between Rebecca Roth and Johnny Cerucci, I actually think they're looking at the the same elephant and they're just tapping into different parts of it, you know, yeah, like one's holding the tail, the other is holding the uh, leg or something. And. You know, it's the tail. The tail's the evil cabal, and the other one's going. No, it's the it's the leg, and it's like, well, you guys are looking at the same thing. You just have a different, yeah. You know, you you have different territories of it. So it it was interesting to see, uh, you know, the accusations fly back and forth. And it wasn't really even that back and forth. It was just more like, uh, you know, oh, how dare you kind of thing. And, and I don't know. I, I I tend to that raised my suspicions about Rebecca. Uh, just yep. her reaction to it, um, but at the same time, uh, I know she's fairly new to this space. And you know, uh, when 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 you're in this space for over at least a year, maybe two years, you start getting used to like the like the oh you're a reptilian right. kind of thing, you know? Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you understand. I mean, I don't know what kind that's of why Basil hides his face. He's, <laughs> he's no, trying I'm to cover his you, eyes. Man, there are people who are like he's not showing his face. Because he is a reptilian and he doesn't want us to see his lizard eyes. Canary Cry Radio is a sham. You know, it's hilarious. Um, I I would like to point out that I am in, in fact am not a lizard person. Um I just want to go on the record here on a third party media outlet. <laughs> Um, but yeah you. yeah,
2: you just gave me the cold opening to the show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: well, guys, so
2: yeah. it, it, it has been fun. Uh, tell everybody real quick where you can, where people can hear Canary Cry and, uh, where, uh, gone they can see your videos and all that good stuff.
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, Canary Cry Radio, uh, for most people, they'll download it off of iTunes. You can just search Canary Cry Radio. We'll be there. Um, we also have canarycryradio.com that has all the episodes and the show notes and things like that. Uh, the show is also found on uh, you know, all those other little podcast uh, apps like Stitcher and stuff like that. Just Google it. You'll get pages and pages and pages. Right. And guns. Tell us how we can see your cool videos, bro. Uh,
6: um, you can go to uh, YouTube. Just type in face like the sun, all one word, uh, sun, S-U-N. Uh, and it's, that comes from Matthew seventeen too. I'm not an occultist. People always, I see your logo. It's a demon face. Uh, actually. <laughs> and I had to actually make a video about my logo. Okay, so look for that too. Um, if you type in age of deceit on YouTube, you will find that, that as well. Uh there are a couple of videos out there that call me a liar and stuff like that uh but uh you can go ahead and ignore that. Yeah, you'll see some fun some fun response some videos. Interesting today. interesting stuff. You no, know, you should be flattered
3: man that people are trying to call you out. Nobody is trying to call me out. Nobody makes videos about me. All I get are uh angry Facebook comments about not seeing my face. <laughs> I want somebody to make a full expose about how I'm a 33 degree Mason and there you go, you know, so there, there you go. go. All right. Bring <laughs> it sure on. hater. you about
2: me at some point. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on. Stay on the line for me. I'm going to close out this section and we will, I will be right back with a few show notes on conspiranormal. Hey, welcome back to Normal. It's Adam. I'll hear all Bob my Lonesome. Um, no Luke, no Rob today. Uh, Rob had to work, and Luke is out going through yard sales and and selling selling junk. Uh, just a couple of things, quick announcements. Uh, first of all, thanks to the Canary Cry guys, Basil and Gons, for coming on. It was real cool to uh, talk to those guys finally. Um, I've been a fan of their show for a while. Like I said, they got started uh, about three years ago, which is about the same time that Normal got started. Um, just a couple of show notes, really not going to go into any depths or details. Um, we've got the next three shows scheduled. Um, starting next week, uh, we're going to be recording this a week from today, which today is the 9th, uh, on May 17th, which is uh, an interview with Laird Scranton, and we're going to talk to Laird about some of his uh, ideas about a site called Gobekli Tepe, which is the site that's in c- central Turkey. And it's rather old. It's about 9,000 to 10,000 years old. It's something that's been discovered just recently. I'm going to say in like the last 20 years or so. But we're going to talk to Laird about how the the configuration of the site and some of the things that he sees at the site correspond with some of his other studies that he has done about the Dogon, which is a tribe in, uh, I believe, in Nigeria or Niger, somewhere in western Central Africa. And the Dogon are very interesting because they were part of this idea of, like, the, the Sirius uh, legend. Or that they have this, they were able to show, like, the, uh, the binary star system of Sirius before anyone else could. And nobody really knows where they got those ideas. Um, and he's also going to look at uh, how some of their similarities between the ancient Egyptian cosmology... And which cosmology, all it really means, as I've found out from reading this book, is that all it means is just this idea of uh, how things got started in a civilization, or the genesis of a, of, of the world, basically. Um, also looking at it's kind of like the Buddhists and uh, Chinese traditions as well, and how they fit in. Uh, but after that, we're going to have Dr. John Ward on and we're going to talk about, uh, well, I don't really know exactly what we're going to talk about. I'd like to talk to him a little bit about Dr. John D, some of his experiences in Egypt and what he's working on there. But also really want to pick his brain about as being someone that is, you know, in the Middle East or close to the Middle East, some of his perspectives on what's going on there right now. Uh, Dr. Ward, as I've listened to some of his programs on Intrepid Paradigm, on of Paradigm and on the Situation Room, uh, seems to be pretty urodite in some of his assessments of a lot of what's going on out there in the Middle East. So I'm really excited to have him on after that. I'm not going to say who the guest is going to be, but I'm really excited to have someone on that is a pioneer in the parapsychology field. And I'll just leave it at that for right now. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, hope it was an enjoyable show. And also, too, you know, guys, uh, please leave us some reviews on iTunes. So you how you like how much you really love the show, and how how good or how terrible we're doing. And also, you know, there's other places to listen. Uh, we're streaming on IPBNFM.com, Intrepid Paradigm Broadcasting Network. Uh, that is going to be, I believe, on Thursdays at uh, six o'clock Central. I believe. I'll try to double check that. We're going to be streaming there. Uh, We're also podcast on their feed now and also on the Fringe Radio Network. And also go to conspiranormal.podomatic.com if you want to download straight from us. Uh, hopefully, a couple weeks from, in about a week from now, we'll have Luke and Rob back in the studio and have uh, Luke's merriment and mirth and Rob's expertise. So, thank you for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time on Conspiranormal. <laughs>